never seen a lame man walk Never heard a dumb man talk Never seen a blind man see I promise you a pain Never seen a canceled death Never seen all the poor get fed Never seen a prisoner set free I promise you a change Guess who's back? Back again. Back again. Well, Travis, I ain't seen you since last year. <laughs> That's a good joke. Yeah, there you go. I'm 46. It's, it's not just a joke. It's a statement of truth. Clint, how are you, man? Dude, fantastic. Better, better than I deserve. Definitely better than I deserve. Doing, doing great. Doing great. Relax. Good to be back on the Big C Bigger T podcast. We did something, Clint, we haven't done in 90 something weeks last week. Your boys took a week off. We did. I mean, we both had been fighting the junk. And then it was the holidays. And it's like, you know, and I had the the way my week um, went is I had to work. Monday, and then I worked Tuesday, and then I got. And plus, I had Chris and my mom that Monday, so I mean, it's like just a hectic day. I mean, you were talked about recording later that night. Mm-hmm. I also just got my son, and so we're dealing with him and all his presents and everything. Then Tuesday, I took off to Memphis to the Liberty Bowl, and that was a that was a whole catastrophe right there, because. Yeah. My son doesn't do well with loud noises. He'd been wanting to go to Lawler's, Jerry Lawler's. And normally I wouldn't put a business on blast, but I don't care. Well, they sue me, Jerry Lawler. I don't care. <laughs> Andy Kaufman was right. Uh, no. yeah. <laughs> so we go to Jerry Lawler's. And so Brandy and Mark got there before us. And Paul they got there before us and sit down. They, they sat there for 20 minutes. No one even said hi to them. Wow. We get in there and it's and it's in in Austin. You know he he doesn't do well with loud noises, and there's a live band playing, so he just doesn't handle it. So we leave, and then so there's the water outage in Memphis, and like then everywhere we went was like an hour wait, hour wait. So we end up going to the suburbs. You drove past like Central Barbecue, it was closed because there's no water on that street. Mm-hmm. So we went out to um, UE's. In Germantown, away from downtown, because you know it was crazy because you had the Kansas fans there, you had some Arkansas fans there, um, and then you know plus the Grizzlies were playing a home game, so just downtown was just insane. Yeah, yeah. so we ended up 
we ended up going to some kind of like rocking and dough because Yui's even in Germantown had like an hour wait. Went to some pizza place like an hour and a half after we first sat down to try to eat. It was just, it was just, it was. Eh. No, that part wasn't fun. No, the pizza, the pizza was great. I ended up getting the sandwich though. Um, I can't tell you the name of it. It wasn't that memorable, but it was okay. It was all right. But yeah, so Jerry Lawler's, this is the second time I've been in there, second time I've had poor service. So, oh, well. and I feel bad because, you know, he's the king. He is the king. He is the king. He's a Memphis wrestling legend. Mid-South. Yeah, Mid-South. WWE, I mean. Yeah. Who doesn't love, I mean, if you ask anybody her age, who's the best wrestling announced team of all time? They're going to say, they're going to say JR and the King. Probably so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's JR and the King. Everybody else is playing for second. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, cool, man. Um, like I said, I, I was feeling sickly. Uh, I've been dealing with the, I had the sinus thing. And then I had a little bit of a break, and then it went down into my chest. Yeah. And uh, I was having shortness of breath and stuff, and I thought several years ago, a long time ago, I dealt with pneumonia twice. and like I was hospitalized for it twice in like six months. And I was like, man, I hope this isn't pneumonia. And I went to the doctor. He listened to me and everything. He's like, no, you don't have pneumonia. It's just congestion and stuff. So I was thankful for that. It made me feel a little better. But um, anyway, I'm on the come up. Uh, back to work this week. And uh, all that good stuff. So, folks, thanks for uh, putting up with us being off last week. Yeah. Some of you may not have noticed. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, didn't notice Sue Clark. She had no idea. That's right. <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, you know, there's some uh, there's lots of different things out there, you know, that that could have been uh, holy snikes for this week. Clint, you got a lot harder ones, so let's uh, yeah, let's go with that so, first. I've said on this podcast before that my brother Paul Clark is the cheapest man alive. Yeah. And now, Travis, I'm not making this up. You've known me for close to 30 years now. Yeah. No, it's been longer than 30 years. So you've known me for 30 plus years. You can verify that my brother, Paul Clark, is the cheapest man alive. He's pretty daggum cheap. Yeah. So as you know, we go to the Liberty Bowl. So we go, we decide we're going to tailgate because my cousin Brandy and her 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 boyfriend Mark, they stay in in Memphis. And so we drive, we all drive up there that night, you know, go go try to have fun in Memphis. Um and then we come, so we're gonna go tailgate the next morning. So we come up with plans. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna drive my truck over there and park it. Because game don't start 4 30. We really don't want to start tailgating to 12 30, but you want a good spot. Hmm. So I go, we go over there first thing in the morning, get there. The parking opens up at nine. We're there about nine 30. I get a tailgating spot, like literally right in front of the stadium. I mean, like I could not have got 
a sweeter spot than what I got. Nice. Um, and it, and we lucked into it because it was just like he was selling passes, and they were signed passes. But that that in itself, that I got a sweet parking spot. Wow, holy shnikes worthy is not quite worthy of this holy shnikes. So it cost me fifty bucks to park. So we go back to Brandy's house, kind of getting everything together. And Paul goes, here, for parking. Now, I didn't count it. It might have been a single. I don't know. <laughs> but I didn't know. It was at least a 20. I, he, had, he had it pulled up. But it was, yeah. it, it was, it was at least a five. I, I ain't going to say it. The fact that he gave you anything. Did he, anything. He was willing to give me anything. And I said, no, nah, I got it. You know, but, the, but he was was holy shnikes. Like it was holy shnikes that my brother Paul Clark keep his man alive. His offering. Yeah, it was like, hey, here's some money. I mean, the king of I left my wallet in the yeah. truck. <laughs> That's funny. Well, on a serious note, um I don't think we can go through this week without uh Talking about a the probably holy Snikes moment of the week. Oh, for sure. Was uh uh the safety Hamlin from Mar Hamlin, yeah. From uh Buffalo last night during the Monday night football game. Um what seemed like a normal hit. Um caused some sort of cardiac event in his in his heart. And, um, you know, did, were you able to watch any of it? Did you watch any of the aftermath of it? I, I watched it. I, I was flipping back and forth because, as you know, it was Monday night. So, you know what I'm doing on Monday night. Yeah. Well, I'm watching wrestling. So, but I also, I keep up with football. So, I'm kind of, I, I usually flip back and forth. And it's a huge game. You, you, huge game yeah. for, 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 for the NFL. Um, it, and I don't want to make light of it because I, I've been really had to do that. But but it's, it was a big fantasy football weekend too, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I play for fun, you know. If I win or league, I win zero dollars. If I finish last in the league, I lose zero dollars. Yeah. So they're, they're you know I don't have a dog in the fight. But you know yeah. a lot of people that bet big money on it and stuff. And it and it seems like it's all taking a back seat. I mean, like everything has taken a backseat, and it's like, okay, what are we going to do about all this? And everybody's like, I don't know, I don't care. Um, I, I've never seen anything like it. Of course, so I, I, I look on Facebook and I see um, Leslie Hendricks, Hollywood, what we all call him in tech. I saw him goes, he goes, I've never seen anything like this. Prayers for Hamlet. And my first thought is like, okay, he broke his neck. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to flip over there and see him carting him off the field, you know, or anything like that. I didn't want to see it. And then Anna was sitting there and she started Googling it and telling me what had happened. And I was like, oh my God. I turned it over and I didn't realize that the bad, how bad it was at the time. Um, you know, because we've all seen it where he, he's collapsed now and he just dead weight. It's just like somebody picked him up and just dropped him. Um, you you never seen anything like that. The fact they had to bring him back, you know, they had to basically give him CPR and defibrillation right there on the field to bring him back, and then all them guys just sit there. 
Yeah, I can't imagine being one of those other players out there and seeing, first of all, a teammate if you're a Buffalo Bill. But even if you're a Cincinnati Bengal, another player having to be shot back to life on the field. Um, I can't imagine that. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't fathom that. You know what I mean? Like no. there's been stories of people, you know, there's, there was a, um, Mackenzie Phillips, the, uh, Springdale player years ago, we were in high school that died on the field. Um, and he was brought back to life with CPR. Um, you know, I think, I think they like had to trach him and everything on the field there at Springdale and they saved his life. He ended up playing for the hogs. as like a walk on tight end or something like that. But, um, you know, you've had some weird, you know, I, uh, I was listening to Drive Time today, and they were talking about. Um, uh, you remember Dennis Johnson had a weird thing where he got hit weird and had like a um, uh, something in his one of his bowels ruptured or something and almost killed him. Um, you know, there's there's been some there's been some strange things. You know, there's. I mean, Alex Smith nearly losing his leg. I mean, oh it, yeah, Alex Smith was. Yeah. Terrible. Well, the, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, his leg injury, they say yeah. was one of the, you know, they, they canceled practice and everything, you know, uh, the Vikings, whenever that happened, it was one of the worst ones they'd ever seen, you know, but what happened on national TV, like you said, it was a big game. Oh yeah, I mean, there, there's there's people that don't give a crap about either team that was watching that game because it impacted their fantasy lineup so much. Well, and it impacted the playoffs. Yeah, it impacted. You know, Skip Bayless is getting a lot of heat because he, you know, he said something on Twitter about, you know, and he he said it too soon. He needed to shut his mouth and and ask those questions later. You know, but what he was saying was probably true you know um it was just the wrong time to be at saying those things he's saying how are they gonna how are they gonna redo this game this game means so much you know it's a, such an important game you know well you don't say that when the guy's still down on the ground being worked on you don't you don't even think about that when the guy's still you're worried about his life right then and so Rightfully so, Skip's getting some heat over that. But well, because if you because the because the truth is you don't care. Yeah, you don't care about the first round by. You're worried about your friend. That's right. You you don't care because you know the 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 Bills went out through the number one seed. If the Bengals would have beat them and then they both won week their last week, you know the Bengals are the two seed and then they're the three seed. You throw that all out the window. There's a humanity part to it, and uh, and I think that's what you saw. In in the silver lining, as I was actually telling my wife, is did you see his charity, his children's charity for his hometown, yeah. is up over over four million now. Yeah, there them kids in that town 
is for the probably the rest of mine your life will never hurt for Christmas presents. No. Like that they won't. And if he makes it, he gets come around and goes, Man, I touched enough people that, that they did that. Yeah. The fact that I had this little charity meant that much that people chose to honor me in that way. And if he doesn't make it, that's that's his legacy. You know, so either way, it's a I think the fact that people have chosen that to give to that, that he had a GoFundMe set up for twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah. That's a that's a beautiful thing about the human spirit because and that's a beautiful thing really about social media, you think about it. We complain about it a lot, but people started searching this guy on social media. And his last Instagram post was a video about that charity. Yeah. The last one he had done, I guess. And so people like started sharing that all over social media. And like you said, now those kids are going to be killing it for Christmas. It's yeah. awesome, man. I mean, they're, you know, and, and that, and, you know, and his family has come out and thank people for their prayers and concerns. The, Zach Taylor and the Cincinnati Bengals showed class upon class upon class and the way they handled it. Um, they, you know, it's a lot of people did the right things in this and, and yeah. the fact, you know, those, and you got to give credit to those, you know, as we're recording this, he's, I think in stable condition and, you know, he's, you know, everything's hopefully looking positive right now, but, you know that doesn't that doesn't mean he's out. Yeah, there. It's, it's going to be he's not out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination. But you know he's he was in a city that had a wonderful hospital that was ready for anything. You know it was I, I forget what they I forget how they categorized the hospital, but it was the type of hospital that's ready for anything you could throw at it. Yeah. Okay, so it was a hospital that they didn't have to med flight him somewhere else you know right, yeah. i mean like they would have dr house at this hospital that's right it was it was a, it's it's a it was a good hospital they were ready for it and uh it sounds like the people on the on the field did everything they could. yeah the medical staff on the field they they deserve a lot of credit because they they brought him back right there yeah i mean they 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 were on top of it i mean there there's you know, it, it could have been, it could have been, I mean, it, it's awful. It's awful. But the fact that they were able in that situation to think that clearly and do that and do their job. If it had been a few years ago, they probably wouldn't have had one of those AED mm -mm. deals there. No. The push they've made to have those at every one of these events now, you know, if, if they hadn't had those, had that, there's a good chance, you know, there, I and mean, there's a possibility we're talking a whole lot different about this story right now. Yeah. So, anyway, we want to talk about that. But, of course, the big thing for the Hogs was the bowl game since we last it, talked. And it seems like, I guess because we're so used to recording right on a Monday or Tuesday after a Saturday, recording on a Monday, Tuesday after a Wednesday, it seems like the football game was ages ago. That's right. It seems like it was so long ago, but no, it it's less than a week ago. Yeah. No. And 
you were there for at least the first half. I was there for the first half, and then, and then and, um, I watched it. Um, and I got to tell you, Clint, um, there were some disappointments. However, I'm happy with the way the Razorback season ended. I am too. I thought they played a great game, and and the team never quit. And they they had a lot of reason to quit. I mean, the momentum had left; it, it had been taken from them and handed to the other team by those referees on several occasions. Well, and and here and that's the thing; they overcame a lot to win that game. They did. First of all, people said, "Well." Kansas was six and six. They, that was a six and sixteen. They wasn't that good of a team. Well, you know what? They were five and zero, oh, and then their quarterback got hurt, and then they lost. Went on a losing streak. They had that winning streak with that quarterback that started against us in that bowl game. Okay, so. They were at full strength. Second of all, Kansas, like everybody said beforehand, was more motivated to be there. They had the intangibles of being more motivated to be at that bowl game. They hadn't been to bowl game in a long time, similar to the Razorbacks the year before. People were questioning, with good reason, Pittman, are you going to be able to get these guys motivated to play this game? And that crowd was a true 50-50 split. And they came out, and the players were motivated to win that game. That that says a lot to me. Okay, that says a lot to of the type of players you had on the field. That tells me the type of coaches you had coaching them. Um, they were ready to win that game. And not only that, look, I am usually the last person to blame the refs. Okay. But pretty much you took the the twice at least. I'm not going to complain about all the missed holding calls and all the missed pass interferences and all that other stuff. Okay. We can talk about that later. Oh, I'm going to. But there's two times that we for sure know that the refs took the win away from the Razorbacks. The fumble that, that that was called a fumble and shouldn't have been, and the the targeting, which they've come back and said wasn't targeting. Right there, we know on those two plays should have been Arkansas ball Arkansas for the win should have been us solidifying the win with those two plays both of those times and it didn't happen because the refs screwed up so to overcome all that plus you're losing the players you're losing in the transfer portal you're having to play without you're playing without your best center you lose your backup center to the transfer portal right before the game 
<laughs> and then your backup offensive lineman, your right guard gets hurt at the beginning of the game. And you have to throw a freshman in there. True freshman. True freshman. Okay. That's a lot to overcome, man. Oh, and not even in, – in your top – three of your top four receivers are gone. Yeah. Just gone. Yeah. And you're playing a team that is motivated to be there, that is more at full strength because their quarterback's healthy. They don't have as many people they've lost in the portal. Mm-hmm. You know, they got most of their starters. Um. I think it was a great game by Arkansas. Let me ask you another question. If Arkansas, if you had to say we had a Razorback offensive on the offensive side, go to New York for the Heisman ceremony, who would it have been? Rocket Sanders. Yeah. We lose him the first drive. Yep. That's right. You played that game without Rocket Sanders. Yeah. I mean, 48 scholarship players, you're down to 46 when you consider you lose Rocket and Crawford. Um, and I will say this, the the, ref, the the refs were absolutely horrid, horrid. Yeah. The the, the loan, and it cost K.J. Jefferson the, the, the efficiency record in Arkansas. <laughs> Centanga got mugged in the end zone. I was in the end zone looking right at it. He got mugged. That was an obvious P.I. We should have been up twenty five going into halftime. It, it, I mean, it, I mean, we really should have. You should have been up twenty five. Then you end the game. I mean, you basically, and that puts the game away. It's yeah. going to be hard to. I mean, it was hard to come back from what they came back. But you're up twenty five going into, into half. You're feeling really good. I mean, you're feeling really good being up eighteen. It's just it was poorly called the the fumble. And who knows about targeting anymore? They've got to fix that in the offseason because I saw it get called three different ways in three different games. Yeah. In crucial moments, the Georgia-Ohio State game, the the Michigan-TCU game, the Arkansas-SMU game, and the one at the TCU-Michigan game was probably the worst one. Yeah. I would have, I would have actually said McAdoo's was the least was the least like targeting. Yeah. And you you call that one and not call the other one. They've got to fix the replay system, and they've got to fix targeting. It just has to get done. It, it, it's it, it's killing the game every much as the transfer portal, and every much as NIL. Yeah, it's uh well. So, but the hogs, of course, in overtime, uh, we see some good plays called. Good plays ran. Uh, I think everything goes well, and we end up winning, winning in overtime. Um, so you got to be happy with that going into next year. Of course, now there's some changes up on the hill we need to talk about. Uh, you know, we continue to – Lose some players to the portal. Um, and one that is a, uh, I guess we can call him a friend to the program. Uh, yeah. We uh, we had him on earlier in the year and 
Great young man. Great time interviewing him. Great young man, Jordan Dominic. After uh, coming out and saying he was coming back because he he had a chance to go pro, uh, had a chance, you know, of course, go to to the portal. But he wanted to come back. He wanted to be a hog. He wanted to lead this defense to be both a vocal and player leader on this team. And then uh, he plays in the – does a great job in the in the bowl game. I thought I thought he played – had a good game. Uh, he got some pressure, made some plays, uh, along with other players. And then uh, it comes out today or yesterday. It was yesterday, wasn't it? Today's uh, – Today's Tuesday when we're recording this, so it's Monday, the uh, the second um, that he has put his name in the transfer portal. Okay. Um. Now, one thing that concerns me about this, well, first of all, I just hate it because we're losing Jordan Dominic because I, I like the kid. I like the way he plays. What six and a half, seven and a half sacks this year? Um, you know, a kid that uh, was playing against. To me, he's a lot like Michael Turner in baseball. You know, he went from playing playing on a team against lower level competition, and when he came to Arkansas, he upped his game and improved in every st stat category. You know, I think at Georgia Tech, he, you know, got up to like three and a half sacks. In Arkansas, he improved that, of course, and improved his tackles, load, and, and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm hearing a lot of people respond to him entering the portal is, um, well, it's a money grab. Uh, he, he got – He's someone's come in and offered him more money. Um, well, let me tell you folks something. Jordan Dominic's not hurting for money because he got that big C bigger T rub. That's right. <laughs> that's right. When you're on this show, yeah, you, I mean, your wildest dreams come true. You're set for a while, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, take that, players. Um, but now, but, but Clint, a lot of it has gone, you know, it seems like every time we hear about someone going in the portal, yep. it goes negative, right? Oh, Otis Kirk posted on his Facebook page and it may have been in Hogville. I, I don't know, but I, but I remember it was written by Otis Kirk. Like y'all may want to calm down. Because not every player that goes in the portal is going there because they want to. Some are told to leave. There's no loyalty in sports anymore. Yeah. There's just not. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you a staggering amount of money, Travis. $800 million. You know, that's almost a billion dollars. Yeah, there's more money than we can fathom. That's how much money right now is being paid in the NFL for coaches not to coach. 
That that is the buyouts that that they are currently paying out. I, I would be curious to what it is in college football, because you know the because not everybody goes. You have guys to do what Belima did, what Butch Jones did. Butch Jones was making twenty five thousand a year from Alabama. Belima was making fifty thousand dollars a year from New England, and then you know, and then in the meantime, we're paying him two and a half million dollars a year to not coach. I mean, that's, I mean, you, they, the schools have no loyalty when it comes to the coach. The coaches have no loyalty when they come to the kids. The kids have no loyalty when they go to the university. It's just, it's gone. Yeah. It, it is gone. No one has any loyalty. There was a basketball player last year um, that wanted to return to the university. And basically they got a better kid out of the portal and they told him he needed to leave. Yeah, and and so I just want to. It's you know it's Jordan's story to tell. However, I just want to say that um, the NIL, the transfer portal, all the money is not just affecting the players and their decisions. It also affects the coaches and their decisions also. So don't put all the blame on the players is all I'm trying to say. Okay. That's I probably, I probably, you could probably read between the lines and spell out what really happened, but that's just all. I, that's just how I'm going to put it. Torturous if you want, we'll never tell. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we'll roundabout way tell you anyway. Anyway. So sadly, but, um, like with other players, uh, I told Jordan that uh, I said, well, man, I'm going to root for you no matter where you go unless you play the Razorbacks. And then I hope our fat linemen shut you down. <laughs> so anyway. Um, so, uh, Clint, last week, not only on – did we play a bowl game, but basketball open SEC play against uh, those dreaded LSU Tigers. You know, and I'm driving back. We're driving back from Memphis, and we get we get into Arkansas, and, I, and Anna's driving because I don't like to drive that much. And I have to find the game on the radio, and I feel like, hey, baby, it's okay if I put the basketball game on? So I had to listen to it, but I guess you get to watch it. I saw a lot, most of it. It's one of the few that I haven't seen this year, but I think it's obvious why I haven't seen it. And the result didn't go the way we wanted, but I still, I still, I'm not, I'm not an all hope is lost type guy. I think we're going to be fine. Yeah, it's um, you know, look. This team, we've said it all along, is going to struggle at times. Now, it stinks that we struggled against LSU. First of all, because it's LSU. Second of all, because they had to replace more players than we had to replace. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's – Well, they pretty much just brought the the Murray State roster over. Yeah, I mean – It's just Murray State from last year. Yeah, yeah. But – you know, 
uh, but you know he, we we knew, we know this team, they're so young, and now we don't have a consistent shooter. You know, we had Nick Smith, who was, you know, who really is. Uh, who Nick Smith's kind of like a really like a Moses Moody. You know, he's not a he's not he's a probably a little more of a scorer than Moses Moody. Right. Moses Moody was a good. You know, he could get you some threes every now and then, but he wasn't gonna. You know, he wasn't gonna Pat Bradley it. You know what I mean? Like he, you know, he wasn't gonna. Ain't gonna be your guy to just fill it up from three. He was going to score from all around. And Moses Moody scored from all around, right? And I think Nick Smith was going to be that guy that when you needed some threes, he was going to be able to get you some threes. And Moses Moody was able to do that. When you needed some threes, he could get you some threes. But we really don't have that guy. Trayvon Brazil was that guy, right? Yeah. We don't have, we don't have that guy right now. You know, I mean, Walsh every now and then will hit a three. You know, Black every now and then will hit a three. You know, he don't play pinion enough to find out if he's that guy. Well, and who knows? I mean, I I, I wish pinion would get more playing time. But that being said, I'm not at practice every day. Who knows how Pena's doing on defense? You know, is it, you know, he's Muss is very analytical. And he's probably got a formula that says, okay, it's this many points versus this many points. What's the points differential with this guy on the floor? Yeah. He may not. You know, I'm I'm more of a fly by the seat of my pants type guy. Yeah. I'm sure Muslim was looking at all kinds of statistics because yeah. that seems like the type of guy he is. But me as a fan who sits here and runs my mouth on a podcast, I think Binion should be playing more. I think he's when he's got an opportunity, he, he's knocked down the shots, and he's that type of guy that he's going to be a zone buster for you. You want to get them out in the zone so they play man to man and let Walsh and Black drive. I think he needs to be in the game. He needs to be given that opportunity. In your opinion, does Nick Smith come back this year? I think so. I think so, but. I think, I could. You think he does too? Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a week or two, and he'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah, I think. Um, I, I I think. Um, I think he'll end up being back. Yeah. Um, I really do. Um, I hope he is. I'm not. I'm not worried either way because I think we're going to be fine. I really, I really do. I think this team. The thing is, this team has more talent than any team we've had that Musselman's had at Arkansas. Oh yeah, even without Nick Smith and without Brazil, Nick Smith playing another game. Yeah, that's the truth of it. Yeah, if Nick Smith doesn't play, Anthony Black, Jordan Walsh. The big guys down low, the, the twins, um, Graham, Council, 
that's we got more talent than we've ever had on a Muscleman team. And two of those teams that Muscleman's coach have gone to the Elite Eight. So you got to still feel pretty good about the team, Clint. You got to still feel that they can make it to a Final Four. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. I, I mean, even without him. And the, and the thing is, is what every one of Eric Musselman's team has done, if they've gotten better as time has went on. I don't see that being different. You know, they've got some big games coming up. you got Missouri, who's a one-loss Missouri team, who just put a whooping on on Kentucky. Yeah. And then, and then who do we got this weekend? We had a – it's a big game. Right there is another – we got Missouri, but then this weekend, Saturday, I think, is a big one, too. Oh. Um, I want to say Auburn, but I ain't 100% on that. I can't remember. Well, you know what? I give myself one Google it episode. <laughs> so there you go. Google it up. I'm, I'm going to Google it up. Google it up. Google me. Yeah, and then at, we go to Auburn on Saturday, seven thirty p.m. night game at Auburn after the storm after we stormed the court last year. Yeah. Auburn's going to be pumped up for that. Yeah, and you know they're going to have football recruits in town. It, it is going to be it's going to be a hostile atmosphere. And that's one of the things I was thinking about them losing to LSU. Is that Musselman, of course, took them to Texas for the untelevised game yeah. that doesn't count but that was really their first true road test yeah going into somebody else's house playing them in their house and uh and in that type of atmosphere in um and i think this Auburn one's going to be just a different level yeah i agree i agree totally so now back to go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to ask you. We kind of we kind of jumped from football to to basketball. Did you have a player of the game in mind? Oh, for the bowl game. For the bowl game. Um. Part of me wants to say. Uh, Part of me wants to say Quincy McAdoo. Played a heck of a game. He did a little too much trash talking for me to give him player of the game. I wish he would calm down a little bit on that. You know what yeah. I mean? He he made some big plays, though. And he was consistent the whole game. Uh, I, I may give it to Dominion. Dominion played and, – and, and listen – in any game Arkansas plays, you can say KJ Jefferson too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know Dominion, I agree 100 with Dominion. Dominion had a heck of a ball game, you know, because he stepped up, you know, and that and that's what this bowl game was about. Like who was going to step up? You know, people were going to step up that you didn't think would going to have to step up. And and Dominion's a great guy. I mean, because it's like AJ Green got AJ Green's load, yeah. and. Rock and he got a little bit extra, but a lot of Rockets' load went to Dominion, and, and he stepped up. Mm. Of course, you get you play as much football as he did this year. When you get to the bowl game, you're no longer a freshman. 
But a guy that was a freshman that had to step up was a, a Marion Harris. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, being in the end zone and watching, you know, I did pay – I was able to pay a lot of attention to the office line. And he played a heck of a football game. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I, I'm going to give it to him, but I can almost give it to the guy to his right. Because you're a true freshman – playing in a bowl game, your first extended playing time of the year. And um, Crawford went down, what, on that field goal after on the first drive? Yeah, yeah. So Harris played the rest of the game. I mean, he played the second possession on and played a heck of a ball game. But to be able to look to your right and have Dalton Wagner there, Dalton Wagner said he wasn't scared to ask questions mm-hmm. and get the answer. Now, true true story is is when I got moved to center in Arkansas Tech, um, Mullins, um, he he goes he goes he goes, hey, if you just if you don't know who to block on a play, just turn around, and get with me, and I'll and I'll tell you. And so I turn around, he goes, you have number one, and I go, oh okay. And then I didn't want to go. What what does number one mean? <laughs> it's invented. You had the first man on this side of the line of scrimmage. But I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know it's because I just hadn't learned. Maybe I hadn't learned the playbook. I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, I didn't have the guts to go. I don't know what number yeah. one. Well, Clint, um, I never played college football, and I know what he meant by number one there. <laughs> 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 just, a, little, a little bit of fodder there but yeah not to, not to brag or nothing but um, just to you know anyway no no it 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 is it, probably pretty much common sense and um that is not my strong suit and i also know what kind of scheme y'all were running and <laughs> probably what kind of play you were running out of that yeah um so, uh, yeah, that Harris came up big. You're right, and he deserves he deserves some attention for how he played to step into a game like that and uh, play as well as he did. Because that's that's one of those games to where you expect to see some highlights of the guy doing some ole blocking, you know. Yeah. Ole! Or some, or what coach used to call them, lookout blocks. Look out, KJ. <laughs> He's coming. Look out. <clears throat> um, but he didn't. He didn't have any of those. And like you said, I think you could see him. You could see him. And I know they talked about it in the postgame press conference, but you could see him talking to Dalton Wagner in between plays and, uh, and a limmer and, um, uh, I thought Limmer looked good at center. He did. And, and, man, that's what I'm really excited about next year. I mean, you, you talk about you get the preview. Is that, okay, you're losing the tackles. So you got to fight there. But now you're going to start seeing Sam Pittman's offensive line start to materialize. Yeah. These are going to start being his guys. And and you, I think you can pretty much pencil in that, that Limmer and um, – oh, I'm a brain farting on the other one is going to start 
um, the left guard. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, yep, we we are guys. We're recording later than we normally do because Travis had a meeting. We we. <laughs> We're normally not very quick-witted, but we're even less quick-witted tonight. But, yeah, I mean, so you got two returning starters, two two-year starters. You got to think they're coming back. Yeah. You know, Limmer, I think you got him penciled in at center, but you're going to – you know, you got the Little Rock Towers, Marion Harris and, and Chambly. They're going to be there. You know, Terry Wells has got a few years in the system. It is – the, the, the spring is going to be so big. Because you've got so many of them guys, they're going to be fighting for spots. Yeah, um, and you know, um, the guy that starts left guard, you make, he make you make you start seeing him at tackle some. Um, you know, Crawford's going to be in the mix. You know, these guys, the transfer from Florida, um, it's it's going to be. It, oh, huh? We said Limmer, right? Yeah, Limmer. I think of the other one. I want to say Clinton, but that ain't it. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know I'm filled up. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Googling it again. Sue me. I'm breaking my rule, but it's my podcast. Brady Latham. Latham, that's it. Yep, yeah, Brady Latham, yep. Yeah. I Googled it, I cheated. Yeah, but you you know Latham and I think Latham's going to be is definitely they're they're pretty much an ink starters, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know I, and Harris had a first heck of a first audition mm-hmm. to be in there. You know you got it. You got to feel good. He still is built like a tackle more to me. If his if his feet are quick enough, I don't know. But you know what I I saw I saw you know and I was going to bring this up to you a while back so. um there was one of the games that there ended up being, I think it may have been the Ole Miss game where you started seeing a lot of backups play. And I noticed, you know, Marion Harris had been listed number two left tackle all season long. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when the second unit went in, Manuel went in at left tackle. And I was like, you know, if that had been quarterback, everybody would have been riding off like, I can't believe yeah. Manuel in before him, you know, like they did with Malik Hornsby. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm like, but I noticed that kind of thing. Yeah. I I was happy to see the see him get an opportunity. I was, like, I was happy to see him play a heck of a ball game. Yeah. Well, Clint, it's 2023. Uh what are you watching? Oh my goodness. I've been watching. Been watching a lot of TV. I've watched I was watching wrestling last night. I'm still, you know, watching wrestling. I watched the new uh Ric Flair documentary. Oh. They got it on Peacock. It, it was it was a lot. And I don't want to give too much away. And it's right at the very beginning of it. So I don't think I'm giving away. I didn't know Ric Flair was actually a black market baby. Really? Like, yeah, like he was. Yeah, he was. He said there's no way he said his actual parents are too too conservative to have taken part in it that they had to not know. But apparently when he was young, he was born in Memphis. And he was uh and and there was a bunch of that going around. And he he was he was one of those kids. Wow. I mean, like like 
turned out to be the greatest world heavyweight champion of all time. Woo! Huh. That's crazy, man. Yeah, but I, I watched that. It, it was it was it was really good, really really well done. Yeah. And they've got another show. It's on Vice, and I, I went back and I re I've watched it from start to finish, called Tales from the Territories. Yeah, I've watched that. Oh, it's so good. It is, it is such a good show, and I re I remember a lot of them guys too. You know, I, I'm I grew up on the Rock and Roll Express and Junkyard Dog and the Freebirds. Yeah. I mean, because me and you're at the age we can remember the the end of the territory days going into WCW WWE. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that yeah, that was the Mid South wrestling on um, Saturday mornings on Channel Four or whatever, and yeah, and um, I remember it being a big deal when Ric Flair come to town. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, it would be, he was the traveling champ that represented everybody and you would build up your champ and, and they'd come in, they never would quite beat Ric Flair. It'd always be some kind of shady DQ finish. Oh, uh, Terry Taylor. and Yeah. Um, the Rock and Roll Express were in Little Rock a lot. And then, then they, uh, you know, their, their deal with the Midnight Express didn't get hot and heavy until they moved them over to Atlanta. Yeah, uh, to WCW over there, but they were on TBS then. But they were when they were in Little Rock, they the Midnight Express would come in every now and then. But I think they would take on uh, wasn't it Terry Taylor and uh, Sting before it was Sting? It was it was it was Road Warrior Sting or Blade Runner Sting and Blade Runner Rock. It was the Ultimate Warrior. Okay. Yeah. 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 No. No. I remember. I remember that. I remember them coming in. And then, uh, who else did the Rock and Roll Express fight a lot? Um, oh my goodness! They, well, the Freebirds. The Freebirds, the Varsity Club. I mean, they they had all kinds. Remember Mr. Wrestling One and Two? Yeah, I remember Mr. Wrestling One and Two, and they of course JYD. I remember Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Hacksaw Butch Reed. I actually messaged Hassel Jim Duggan to see if I could get him on the podcast. And I did too. Yeah, he never read it. So, but I was like, eh, if I could get Hacksaw on, that would be awesome. Yeah, I saw him. He was doing interviews for that. Um, did you see his house got broke into? I did. And he, he, he basically held the guy down. Yeah. And so I thought, I'm going to see. He's doing a bunch of interviews for that. Maybe he's paying attention to his DMs a little bit. So Hacksaw's got to be one of those mess around and found out type guys. Yeah, you know it's like, like I'm gonna beat up this old man. Like, oh no, you know, not that one. Yeah, yeah. He probably sleeps with a two by four by his bed. Well, and he said he he said the guy, you know, the guy who came in his house because he was trying not to get shot by somebody else. Yeah, and Hacksaw said he said. He said, if I my gun would have been in a better place, he said he would have got shot coming in my house. Yeah. Because he, he said when he opened the door, the guy came through the door. And he said, and he tripped on a step. He said, that's when I went into wrestling mode. <laughs> he said, I pinned him to the ground. He said, then I got my wife over there to pin him. And he said, that's when I went and got my gun. 
He said I had a he said I had a like a 44 Magnum pistol that I shoot in the air to scare off coyotes and stuff from my dogs. Yeah. He said, uh, he said but he said if that guy would if I would have had that in my hand and he would have came through that door, you know, I would I would have been afraid he was coming to hurt me, you know. He said thankfully I didn't have it. Right. Because the guy was trying to get away from some people trying to kill him or whatever. But anyway. No, man, that old wrestling stuff, though, uh, oh, all those old I, – I love watching those old uh, Vice. That's some great documentaries on it. It, it. Just the stories they tell are just pure gold. Yeah. One of my favorite ones is hearing Jerry Lawler talk about Andy Kaufman, how after he power drove him, and he's like, he wants, a, he wants an ambulance. And he's like, like, tell him no, that thing costs like $300. Yeah, yeah. And he goes – he goes, he says he'll pay for it. Yeah. Hey, fine. They're having this conversation out there in the ring. Yeah. yeah and he says, like, he goes, he stayed in the hospital for like three days selling it. Yeah. Like, that Andy Kaufman deal was crazy, which I love that because I loved wrestling and I love comedy. So just hearing those two things mix like that, I just, I love hearing those stories like that. See any any more like he would have gotten like nowadays when the you know people know it's sports entertainment that it's not not real you know it, it would have been money like people would have loved it and they would have cracked up everything that Andy Kaufman could have done people would have just ate up yeah back then like they wanted to kill him oh yeah like he was probably the most hated man in Memphis Tennessee. Oh yeah, that's what he wanted though. That's what he wanted. Like he saw Lawler and all them, you know, or those guys that were bad guys come out there and get heat. And he's like, man, that's perfect, you know. And he's like, what better prank to pull on people, you know? He was a genius. Uh, as long as he was laughing at the joke, he didn't care if you laughed at it or not. And yeah. So, anyway. Well, what are you watching? We 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 dominated it with my with what I'm watching. Now, what what's big well, thing? Um, you know, I've been watching. Um, I've been watching some different things, but one of the things I've kind of gone back and started watching. A couple years ago, I went back and I started watching all the survivors. And here recently, I decided I'm gonna watch the Amazing Race. Hmm. And so uh, it's pretty interesting, uh, especially interesting because I've had a chance to go to some of the cities, you know, that they go to, um, you know, when they go to Manila um, and, and some of the others and like some of the airports I've been in that they're, you know, because a lot of it's they're in the airport trying to get you know, better flights and all that kind of stuff. And so anyway, it's, it's, it's been fun kind of watching it because I'd never really watched it. Um, but it was, uh, it was fun. And then, um, I just finished watching the voice for the first time. Oh, wow. I caught up into that. So, uh, but I'm going to probably be caught up into it next year too, Clint. I found out because, uh, a student that went through my youth group, Connor McMurray, um, 
he's got a he's been in the interview process and he's got a good chance of going on it next year. Oh, that's awesome. So he's got uh in February, I think he finds out if he gets to go on. He just got to come up with a super sad backstory at his end. That's right. That's all he needs. Has he thought about cutting cutting off any limbs? I got to figure out a way to get me on the stage there, too. You know what I mean? So you can be the guy in the back going, go go, go with Team Shakira. Yeah. Yeah, I like John Legend. Yeah, John Legend. I need I need to figure out how I can work into his sob story. Um, I, I figure we can work that out somehow. I mean, yeah. I've, I've seriously known the kid since he was born. Uh, right. In fact, I I waited to leave my church till him and a couple other kids that were the same age graduated. So, like, I actually had them. You know, they they were born when I first got to Camden. And then they graduated before I left my church. Okay, so I was there for like 18 years with them. I think they could hire you as their spiritual advisor or something. Since you are, that's what he needs, and that's what he needs. I could be like, oh man, it's gonna be in California. I could be like his spiritual guru. Yeah, there's a lot of evil out there. You're trying to keep like some kind of weird looking robe, and like some like get some earrings with like weird necklace shaving my head dude that would, would be awesome pierce your nose just like the septum piercing like yeah boring. that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna pitch that idea to him i think he'll go for it why wouldn't he why wouldn't he yeah he's a spiritual guru and like and like i can like when he's trying to decide who to go with after he gets four chairs to turn, you know? Right, because if you're going to have a spiritual guru, you're going to get four chairs. He can, like, just look over at me, and I there I am with my bald head, and I can put some fake tattoos on it, you know? and Because I'm not, I'm not going to get real tattoos on it. Will you get a hometown roofing at somewhere on there? Yeah, I'll get, a, I'll get a hometown roofing at a, a brand stands uh, <laughs> A brand stands uh, uh, on one side. Anyway, you can tell we're tired. We have derailed. And I and I'll and I'll just be sitting there, like sending vibes to him over over the the cameras. And I mean, Blake won't be there anymore. Dude, so, you know what's going to happen is you're going to end up in a relationship with Ariana Grande. More than likely. <laughs> I mean, that's what's going to happen. More than likely, what's going to happen? <laughs> I mean, you're going to be on the Inquirer. Like she's going to be like. I know he's overweight, but who's that beefy boy? But he's he's so spiritual. So spiritual. He's so spiritual. We, we just vibe on a spiritual level. And I find spiritual sexy. <laughs> there you go. And so what if he's old enough to be my father? That's okay. So anyway, that's what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen. So what we've announced on this podcast, in case you missed it. I'm going to become famous as a spiritual guru on The Voice and marry Ariana Grande. Guys, you've heard it here first. Travis Johnson, Ariana Grande in a committed relationship. That's right. Breaking news. Just so everybody knows, 
Congratulations to me. <laughs> Travis. See, normally here's where we tell you like, share, subscribe. We're everywhere, including Travis's Farmers Only. He's off Farmers Only. He's dating a Ariana Grande. Because I already got this hooked up. <laughs> it's, it's as good as done. It's going to happen. He's as good as done. Just be ready for it to happen in your universe, people. Yeah. it's uh, And you know what the Big C, Bigger T podcast is going to be like when that happens? It's gonna... Fire! Woo-hoo! My New Year's resolution is to blow up and act like I don't know nobody. And it's yes. dating Ariana Grande. So between now and then, like and share because you want people to hear about this podcast so they can say, oh, I knew about that before the Ariana Grande bigger T thing. Yeah. Spiritual guru. Yeah. Boy. Exactly. Take over the world thing. I knew about it before that. When they were just lowly, lowly boys <laughs> doing a fun podcast too late one Wednesday or Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> and they just they got delusional and started talking about Travis dating Ariana. Yes, past their bedtime. And then he manifested it. And then he manifested it. <laughs> so folks, thank y'all so much. Clint, as always. It's a pleasure doing the thing with you. Have a good one. Folks, have a great week. Happy New Year. Be blessed. Beyond all the stress. Booga booga. I'll see you in the funny pages. Sweat. One. Filthy. Dirt. Harvest. When I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt Won't see no more till I hurt Cry in your kingdom come Listen I wake up in the morning I bow my head to pray Mama told me if I don't Ain't nothing gonna change These prayers breaking up hard rock